Welcome to the Cucumber Podcast. Hello, I'm your host, Aslak Helisoy, and today we are going to talk about Open Collective. So my guest on the show today is Pia Mancini. She is one of the co-founders of Open Collective, which is a crowdfunding platform. Um, and Q- uh, Cucumber has recently decided to join the Open Collective to try and get some money to fund our open source. And we are quite new to this whole thing, and um, I guess our community is going to be quite new to it as well. So I thought I'd have Pia on the show to explain and tell us a little bit more about the Open Collective. Welcome, Pia. Thank you for having me. So let's start off by, um, by hearing a little bit about yourself. Um, where, yeah, what... what what do you do? Um, how, did, how did you decide to create the Open Collective and so on? Okay, so um, I have a background in politics. That's what I did all my life. Um, I come from that world. Um, I worked on civic technology. I co-founded a political party, ran for elections, did a whole bunch of crazy things in Argentina. And um, a couple of years ago, moved to the States to do um, y Combinator in Silicon Valley with uh, my previous project. And after that, um, I got pregnant and um, we, with you know, my husband, we were working together on Democracy Earth. And we decided that two of us doing a radical democracy <laughs> project and a kid was probably not <laughs> the wisest idea. And so my very good friend, uh, Xavier Daman, who just um, had just sold his company, um, um, Storyfy, um, on Twitter, a company that was based on, on Twitter, um, he uh, came up and told me that he started thinking about this idea of, of Open Collective based on an experience he had in Belgium um, with a group of people that they were trying to make the ecosystem, the startup ecosystem in, in Brussels suck a little bit less. <laughs> and so they they decided to come together. They did a best practices um, uh, paper. They, you know, they were trying to get government to do all sort of things. And then one day they decided to print stickers. Um, and they said, like, all right, there's a bunch of hackers here. We'll just do a website and, you know, get some money from everyone and just print stickers. And that sounds easy enough. Sounds easy enough. And it dawned to them that they didn't have a bank account. So they didn't have anywhere to put the money. Oh. And uh-oh. And so they said, like, all right, what are our options? And they were like, well, you can create an association. And they're like, we just want to print stickers. Why yeah. do we need an association for this? <laughs> and, um, and that's when he started thinking about, like, how there is a whole... Um, ecosystem that's been completely underserved by the current system because it's a new human and economic unit that it's a community, the collectives, um, mission-driven networks of people who just want to, you know, have a, a common mission and they want to carry it out without necessarily going through the, um, or fitting into the assumptions that the legacy system has on, on how organizations should work, essentially mm-hmm. having a president or having a director and having really strict rules on how to um, transition from one role to the next one. Yeah. Um, and for me, it, it you know that idea um, hit very close to to home because when I co-founded my political party, obviously the government didn't want us to um, to do what we were doing. Uh, so they put a lot of hurdles in our way to um, 
create the party. And this, and is, so in Argent- this is in Argentina. In, in Barca, Buenos right? Aires, yeah. yeah. So I had sort of a, that experience. So that it, what Xavier was, was telling me really resonated with me because when we tried to do this, we couldn't receive any money because we didn't have a bank account because the government wouldn't approve our party. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It's like asking for the status quo that you're trying to change to accept you as a valid actor in the system, Yeah. right? Um, and so it seemed very obvious to me that there were not only um, networks of individuals, but also political forces that needed a new way of, of organizing. And so we started thinking about this, and then we started getting um, a lot of pull from the open source community that it wasn't our first kind of tag, you know, the first sort of um, community that we reached out to, because it wasn't where we were coming from. Like, right. You know. So everything we did was open source, but we weren't sort of, you know, that wasn't a part of our life. And... Um, but we started getting all of this massive pull from open source, and we realized that it was obvious because for open source projects, so you hadn't even thought about open source when you when you started it. Well, we did think about it, but it, we didn't expect it to grow the way it did. It yeah. was obviously a space that, for us, it made sense that they would need something like Open Collective, but mm-hmm. it wasn't obvious to us that the need would be so acute. Yeah, and 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 so um, so that we would receive such a strong pull from that from that community. Um, and so we started working with more and more open source projects because for them it was like going from zero to one, right? Yeah. You, we, Xavier had, again, the same experience when he was doing um, Storyfy. He started using Node.js really, really early on, um, like version one, and he wanted to send TJ um, some money, and TJ was like, I don't want to get it in my bank account, so <laughs> don't give me money. And Xavier's like, but I'm building my company using this that you're working on for free. Like, I really want to support it. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't a way of doing it, um, and now there is, right? So what we set out to solve that problem, and essentially what we did was we created a platform and an open API, um, and the open API is in the process, um, to enable open source projects um, and other sort of communities to become organizations, to receive funding, to have a transparent ledger, to share their finances and, and their uh, how much money they needed, how much money they were raising, how mm-hmm. they were spending that money, um, essentially allowing them to have economic power. Um, and for open source, that meant proposing a way of sustaining open source for the future and creating a healthy ecosystem where um, we were trying to move away from the charity framework where open source is supported by a company that decides to build open source or um, by a company that decides to fund a foundation um, that supports open source. Like what we wanted to see was allowing for projects to become themselves sustainable um, in a way that was essentially giving them the tools to do it. Um, so that's that's what Open Collective is. Oh, uh, wow. So if we look at how many collectives do you have at the moment? Um, about, I have to check, but about probably about 400, I would say. Okay. And how many of those are, are stickers? Are good ones, you mean? <laughs> no, 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 I mean, no, I mean st- stickers. Oh, oh, no, none of them. <laughs> none They're of all, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how many are open source? I just want to give you the update because it's been growing a lot. Um, so, 237. Wow, so about two thirds. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm a creator of an open source project. I created it nine years ago. And um, I think it would be an understatement to say that it's, it's grown to a, a place where it's completely, well, quite unsustainable mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. maintain that uh, for a community of about a million people uh, and not getting <laughs> any money for it apart from, um, uh, apart from food training and, and other kind of somewhat, somewhat related activities, but not you know, really, really for the, for the open source itself. Mm. It's quite a challenge. Um, so, so, you, so that's really interesting that lots of open source projects flocked to Open Collective when this was mm. made available. Um, when was that? About a year ago? Or yeah, a year and a half. A year and a half ago. So, <laughs> so I bet you've, you must have talked to a lot of the um, maintainers of these open source projects. Can you, can you tell the listeners a little bit about the typical kinds of challenges that open source projects are facing and mm -hmm. hoping to solve with Open Collective? Um, so, so there's a couple of things uh, there. Um, so the first obvious one is a financial um, problem. Um, it's very hard for these projects to become organizations, to become, become an association or a 501c3, because they, they, most of them, they work on their own free time. They're maintainers that they don't really want to deal with lawyers or accountants. Just imagine having to um, have one entity, whether that's for profit or non-profit, per project. In, in our mind, it's like having one server per blog online. Like, yeah. it, like it doesn't make any sense. And it also has nothing to do with how these projects are organized, right? So an open source project essentially is code online that anyone can collaborate on, yeah. right? That's what it is. Um, but that has nothing to do with what a 501c3 is or an association, right? It's a closed system where someone has to be elected a president or someone has to sign for being a director or things like that. There's a lot of um, red tape and um, a huge overhead. So, so there, the, the other option is not to have money at all, yeah. right? Or to build a company for, but that's not what many projects want to do or can do, right? Yeah. Um, so the first thing we solve is essentially that option of enabling them to have funding. Yeah. So if they want to raise money, they can do it. Yeah. Maybe they don't and it's fine, but if they want to do it, now they have the opportunity of doing it. So that's the first one. And the other one is giving them as well um, a lot of transparency in the process. Um, so the way Open Collective is designed is um, it's transparent by design. So essentially there's no way of getting money to a collective or withdrawing money from a collective without that being done publicly. Um, so, you know, whether it's backers or sponsors or uh, there's a project that it's offering office hours or training or they're selling t-shirts on Open Collective or whatever that is, all that is it's transparent by design. So I think that what we also are, are providing is a new way of thinking how organizations work and operate, and that's in the open. And so that has more to do with how open source projects operate. Yeah. So all of the money that is taken out of the collective is, is transparent. Anyone can see how that money is being spent. Correct. And, yeah. and, and everybody can see who has been contributing how much and when. So yeah. 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 That's, that's the way it should operate. And I think that that's more and more what we're going to see in associations and organizations of our generation in general. Mm -hmm. um, 
Just like the black box is where you give money to an organization and you don't know how it's being spent. I think that's sort of, that's gonna you know, end and we're gonna transition to a much yeah. um, open way of operating. So essentially what we give them is a transparent ledger. And it's very interesting because some collectives, some open source collectives, even if they don't have any money, they're still uploading all their expenses. It's a mm -hmm. way of saying like, this is what it goes into doing an open source project. It's not only our time, it's also our money, it's also you know, all of these people that are contributing, it's managing this community. Um, so um, there's a bunch of collectives actually that are just keep submitting their expenses even if they, they don't have backers, they're not actively seeking backers, but they do wanna sort of show how much it goes into doing what they do. Right, so you can go into a negative and say, I've, I've worked this much now, but nobody, nobody's paid me. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I think that the, the whole sustaining open source conversation needs also to happen in the, in the open. And part of, of, of doing that in the, in the open is allowing for all of these costs to be um, reflected somewhere. Yeah. Because if not, there is no notion of where it goes into doing open source. Right? Yeah. There's, like, there's not, there's not um, awareness of what it goes into doing an open source project. Um, um, and so um, some of the collectives are using open source, their, their collective to, um, for example, sell t-shirts on Threadless or you know, something like that. And yeah. then all their, the earnings go to their collective as well, which before, if like Cucumber wanted to say you guys didn't have your company, but Cucumber wanted to sell t-shirts, that yeah. money would go to your own personal bank account and then you would have to you know, manage that in your own way and find a way of doing it transparently. There's a lot of trust involved in that. Like now it doesn't go through anyone's personal bank account, it goes through the collective. Yeah. Um, and very, not, yeah, a couple of months ago we had um, you know, the first, um, developer quitting his job and working full-time for his collective. Um, and that's, for us, it's like a huge validator of, of where we're going and, and, and where we want to take this. That's amazing. So it's basically somebody whose job is crowdfunded. Exactly. <clears throat> so, you mentioned, so you've explained some of the challenges that, uh, that are financial uh, for open source, or, or open source projects. But if we don't even think about the money, you know, um, what are the challenges that you've seen open source projects face mm -hmm. because they don't have funding? Um, so a lot has to do with, um, obviously, um, so a couple of things. So they, most, a lot of open source projects have a hard time investing in, um, in um, resources to support their community. Yeah. So if you are between coding or writing documentation, uh, you're probably going to code. If you need to choose between coding or helping someone do their first PR, you're probably going to code, right? Um, you, you've been looking at the Cucumber project, haven't you? Because you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but this is the case with most open yeah. source projects. It's very yeah. hard to onboard new people sometimes. Um, you don't have the time, you barely have the time to contribute code. Imagine contributing to help someone. Um, yeah. Or, you know, what, what Sean Larkin does for Webpack, that is like some sort of like, um, um, evangelizer or, or you know his, anyone that says Webpack on Twitter he replies and he talks to them and like very few projects can afford that mm -hmm. right whether you have money or not it's, it's very hard to um, for them to do that obviously if you have funding something that you can do is you can pull money 
between different projects and hire like a product manager or someone that helps triage issues for, for two of three or four open source projects, right? Yeah. Um, so, so also what Open Collectives gives them through the Open Source Collective, it's it's a way of mutualizing resources. Um, so, I mean, dev relations or, or evangelizer is it's a harder role to imagining happening in that way. But something someone that helps write documentation, like a technical writer or someone who would write a technical newsletter for your backers, you you don't need to hire them full time. You can yeah. share them between different projects and then. Um, that's also what we'd like to see, um, and that's what sort of the, the role of the Open Source Collective, um, that it's like this sort of umbrella collective that hosts and helps and sort of um, um, gives a space to all open source projects has to do with, with that, with how we can mutualize resources for uh, everyone. So that it almost sounds like it can, be, it can become a marketplace for people to offer their skills then. Exactly. And that's the, also that's why um, I was saying before that we are a platform and an open API because we, we don't want to build this um, top down. Um, what we want to do is to kind of, we see, as an, we see Open Collective as an infrastructure, like a browser where different things can be built and not necessarily by us. So by building a, a robust and, and, and open um, API, we can allow for anyone to build a plugin to, I don't know, offer collectives a way of doing ethical advertising for their backers on their GitHub commits or mm-hmm. um, help collectives um, this with like a technical writer or um, allow. So what we want to see and, and what we want to do is to unlock all of that economy to help uh, transactions between collectives, transactions between collectives and sponsors or backers, um, services being sold to collectives. Um, I don't think Open Collective is, is going to do all of that ourselves. Like, that's not what we want to do. We want to build the scaffolding for that to happen. Is, is Open Collective on Open Collective? Do you, do you drink your own champagne? Um, so we are, but we are a, a C-Corp. So okay. we are an Open Collective, um, but we are a, like a traditional sort of C-Corporation. It's very hard to... We, we, we pondered this so much. Uh, <laughs> we found it too hard to build our bike by, while riding it. Yeah. And so, um, so we decided to, to take some money and, um, and, and build this as a, as a C-Corp. But where we're going and what we want to do in, in the future is, um, so there's a couple of things that we are thinking about and we'd like to experiment with. And if anyone has ideas on this, like it'd be great to, uh, to chat um, about how we can do an ICO, for example, for Open Collective. So issue tokens for everyone that contributes to Open Collective to own the company. We want to be a self-owned company. That's where right. we want to go. Yeah. Um, an ICO is an interesting um, way of doing that. Um, or even without going so far as an ICO, like if we can have maybe an open source token that you get, because collectives, we keep a fee from um, what the collectives are, are are receiving, right? So what if you, you know, from that fee, you would also get tokens that you would be able to use to give donations to other collectives or to pay for services. And I don't know, but like really thinking about ways of um, scaling this in a distributed way and scaling this in a way that um, we can distribute ownership of uh, of what we do. Um. So one thing I'd be interested in knowing is who the typical, who the typical um, 
what, what, is he, what do you call them, donors? The people who give money? Backers, um, yeah, backers ba- are sponsors. Backers, yeah, sponsors. So, it, who, yeah, who, what are the typical sponsors like? Is it individuals or is it corporations? And what's the distribution like? Um, so it's both. Um, so there's individual backers that give like two, five, ten, twenty dollars per month to the project. Most of them, I've talked to a lot of them um, that were giving funding for um, um, Webpack and CycleJS mm-hmm. and uh, and Galp as well, GalpJS, the backers of Galp. So I talked to them. I did a, like an email survey for them and and. What I, I got back was that most of them don't want anything in return. They just use this. They they like it. They just want to support a yeah. technology that they use. That's about it. And for yeah. them, giving them $2 or $5 per month is a no-brainer because they get so much value out of that. Yeah. Um, so there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, that's, that's, there's that level. And then there's the sponsor level. And the um, incentives for sponsors um, are different. They vary. Some yeah. of them use the software and they want to give money. So that's kind of the more charity framework that you know we're trying we we're trying to move away from. Um, then other um, they're interested because uh, we get their logos on the readmes of their repos. Um, mm-hmm. So if you are I don't know, Microsoft, that you're doing like this massive effort to um, get into the open source community and to get people to know that you're cool again. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah the, the, your, your strategy, um, you know, getting your logo um, in the repos of, of, you know, the main open source projects and supporting them and, you know, being part of, of, of that community is a massive uh, win for them. Yeah. Um, so there's sort of that incentive. Um, then there's also um, sponsors that get things in return, like more. So that's sort of an indirect, indirect return. But there's there's also direct return. So when they get office hours, for example, right? So right. Um, subscriptions of over five hundred dollars per month, they get kind of office hours. Um, yeah. Or they get inside training or things like that. Um, so um, yeah, that's that's kind of the the that main um, incentives. What we want to, to to see is what are the direct benefits beyond support and branding um, we can offer or collect, we can enable collectives to offer sponsors, essentially. Mm-hmm. That would be the right way of, of putting it. Yeah. Um, well, th- there's, one, there's one thing um, as well, or maybe you mentioned it, but you know, if, if, if you're a corporation or an organization that depends on a particular piece of open source software, it's also a strategic uh, investment, right? Because you don't want that piece of software to go away just because of, of lack of funding. So, so you're paying not to be nice, but because it would be too risky yeah. uh, <laughs> not to, in yeah. a way. So the traditional way for companies to do that is to hire someone internally to work on that, on that project, right? That's, that's mainly the way things have been. Um, have been done, but that doesn't serve the community, yeah. right? Because that's not supporting a community. Just that's just hiring someone to um, to do that from your from your company. Um, so yes, there is you know there's there's a big piece, and I think that that has been the traditional way of doing it because there wasn't an alternative. Yeah. So I'd like to see. It's not clear to us yet. Obviously, I'm, I'm super humble. We are all super humble on, 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 on this. This is obviously introducing a new behavior. So we we need to try and experiment. And these are ideas. And you know, we are we are 
um, we're proposing something. By no means we think that this is the the ultimate solution or the only one. But um, but we'd like to see if now that there's an alternative, um, developers see that, maintainers see that they are better off getting companies to support the community in general than mm-hmm. hiring them internally to work on, on their project. So I think that Tobias um, from Webpack, his, this example, his um, example that he quit his job and he's working now um, full-time for Webpack and, and Andre from Cycle.js is also contributing a lot more than before to Webpack, to Cycle.js, um, and that's now part of his income. Um, now that there is this option, then I think that maintainers would, some of them, would like their communities to be supported um, in general, and they getting paid from a community, not from a corporation. Yeah. So we've got a bit of a conundrum in uh, in Cucumber Limited because um, you know Cucumber, the open source project is nine years old, founded mm-hmm. in two thousand and seven, mm-hmm. um, and our company was founded uh, three years ago, and we're a, we're a small bootstrapped company. Um, and uh, you know we can make enough money to um, to get by, um, mm-hmm. but you know that we're not we're not we're not profitable, or mm-hmm. you know we we spend we basically we spend all the you money. You spend that what we you make. earn, yeah. We spend what we earn, um, and what we what we planned to do when we set out to start the company was to take some of the money that we make on training and on uh, a commercial product, which we haven't launched yet, but we, mm-hmm. we will launch it in the next uh, few months. The plan was to take some of the profits, profits from that and f- sort of like feed it back into uh, the open source um, project, you know, pay, mm-hmm. uh, pay ourselves or give ourselves some time to work on it and, and pay other contributors. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened yet because but basically we, we're not in a financially strong enough to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope to be, uh, but you know we're not there yet. So, mm-hmm. one thing that we haven't quite figured out, uh, being on the Open Collective, is whether or not we should pay ourselves. Mm. So, uh, you know, we lo- we're going to launch this uh, Open Collective and tell people about it. We're going to hopefully get some money in. Do we give all the money back to contributors that are outside of the company, or do we, or do we give some of it back to ourselves? Um, and we, one thing we're worried about is that, I guess it's more about perception, you know. Um, we're, you know why should I give money to, uh, to, to, to a company? Hmm. If you know what um, I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, oh, hang on. Oh, okay. Um, no, I see, I see what you mean. Like, um, I don't know, that's something that I think happens to um, more than one collective, even if they don't have a company um, behind it. Um, And it also happens to us, right? We don't, we have a collective, we don't actively seek donations because for us, you know, it feels weird as well. Um, It shouldn't though, it shouldn't feel um, weird. I think that if you guys are contributing to, as long as it's transparent and if you guys are contributing actively to the open source part of the project, then it just makes sense. that you also um, uh, pay yourselves. Um, Webpack, what they do is they um, they they pay both the core team mm-hmm. and their contributors. 
and what they do, what I think it's very interesting, and I think it's an interesting model for others to explore, is contributors can choose to get, the, so they, they, they make up a, a contribution and that tra transforms into a certain amount of points, right? Yeah. They can get those points out in, in money up to a certain capping it to, I don't know, whatever, because obviously they're not, you know, they don't have a lot, but, or they can use that as points in their voting system to vote um, for um, features and, and, you know, they have all these conversations and, and you have points that you can use to, um, like karma points, right? Right. Um, and I think that's interesting because some of them, some contributors, like they just uh, get their money out from all around the world mm -hmm. and some of them get points and, and you'll be surprised. Some of the members of your community would much rather have, you know, points because they work on something else and their contribution to Cucumber is on, on kind of on a limited um, basis and then you'll be able to get, get funding for yourselves because you are sort of more actively contributing. I think that as long as that's transparent, I don't see how that's um, wrong, but I would, I would maybe open that to a conversation in your community as well, how, how does everyone feel about it? Yeah. Um, yeah, because this is something we have, we've only discussed internally and um, when we go out, we, we, yeah, we, we need to know what, how, the comp how our community feels about uh, yeah. paying, uh, basically yeah, yeah. Uh, funding, funding the open source community even though it has some support from, from a corporate uh, yeah. entity. Yeah. Um, I think, and you can complement, right? You can, when you guys are ready to, to, and able to give, you know, some more money to the open source space, you can complement it with um, other support um, on Open Collective. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, when we, when we had our, like, I don't know, 25th conversation about how on earth we were going to make money. Um, <laughs> um, Only 25? <laughs> <laughs> We did a blog post about it, and we said, like, we actually published our um, our thoughts, and we said, like, look, we, what do you think? Like, how should should we do this? Mm -hmm. And um, we didn't get a lot of replies, so we were like, all right, we're just gonna make our decision ourselves. But um, but I think that that makes a big difference when you do things in the open um, and yeah. involving everyone in the conversation. And you know, this the way. Obviously, you're gonna get. There more um, there's people who think that open source should, shouldn't have any money at all, um, and you might get some of that saying like open source is free and should always be free and you should never pay for code, um, and that's <laughs> fine. Um, and you have people who say like, hey guys, I'd really like to contribute more if you can just get me like two hundred dollars per week or whatever. Like I'll be able to do much more for this yeah. uh, because I'll be able to cut down on hours doing something else. That that also makes sense, right? And um, if I could choose between working for a corporation or working for a community that I'm passionate about, like, it's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's not, you know, even if I earn, like, you know, a lot less than I would. Um, but it has, you have a sense of purpose. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out in your community. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think your suggestion is, is great. Just ask the community what they think and then yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll take some clues from that. Yeah. And offer them something else, like if you, if you, if you don't have money, if you don't need money, because some people don't, um, like, would you be able, would you be interested in having like, or points or whatever, you know, or something else that, you know, 
we give you something back also for your contribution. Because that yeah. also makes you feel great, right? So um, something that um, some collectives are doing, instead of selling swag, they're buying swag <laughs> with the collective's money and sending it to their community, right? Yeah. Um, that's also a way if, you know, some collectives decide that they don't want to pay themselves or some uh, maintainers work full-time somewhere else and they can't get paid themselves because they have, like, moonlighting um, clauses. Um, they use their money to fly everyone together, you know, and they have a weekend or a meetup and they pay for tickets um, for people to go to conferences and speak about cucumber, you know. And yeah. like so there's a lot of things that you can you can you can do. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily paying. Um, if someone doesn't want to get paid, so it's like okay, well, you know, we'll fly you to speak about cucumber at this conference. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've been wondering is whether we should um, give sponsors the opportunity to say where they would like the money spent. So, for mm -hmm. example, we have a lot of things we would like to work on. There is, um, well, first of all, there's, there's different implementations of Cucumber. There's a Java implementation, a Ruby one, a JavaScript one, and so on. And then there's documentation uh, and various other, you know, smaller projects. And mm -hmm. I would imagine that some sponsors, they are interested in some of those things and not so much in the other things. Mm -hmm. um, so... Um, what Webpack did, it's in their their um, voting tool. That's open source, obviously, by the way, so you can guys you guys can just grab it. Um, but um, so sponsors have x amount of points um, on on that decision making um, okay. tool. So, um, for example, a very clear example: a, a company um, sponsored uh, Webpack, and you know they gave the they maintain and so you just need to they use the email of the sponsor and open collective so that it has to go through their collective so that they know that they have received this mm -hmm. um, and so um, that company um, used those that sort of donation to vote for um, a certain feature that they were very interested in um, webpack work, working on afterwards and they call they call it gold points I think and it's like I don't know 10x or 100x like oh. whatever X, uh, regular point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's essentially what it gives you. And it's a really, again, it's because it's transparent, it's a really interesting way of doing this. Yeah. So and that that and seems like a, a, a nice thing that others can implement as well. So is this something that's, that we could just start using? Um, is it part of the platform or? Um, it's not on our platform, it's, um, it's on Webpacks. But, right, um, okay. But they're I using the API to, to build it. They're using, yeah, exactly. But the, right. essentially just the emails of the, yeah, you need to have, they have access to the emails of their um, of their backers. Yeah. And then with the email that you use to support them on Open Collective, you can vote. Right, I see what you mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. This is a question that I probably should have asked at the beginning of our conversation, but here we go. There's already other uh, crowdfunding platforms out there like Kickstarter and Indiegogo. What would you say is the biggest differentiator of those platforms uh, versus um, Open Collective? So there's a couple. Um, like really, Open Collective is not just a crowdfunding platform. It's, it's, a, it's a way of um, organizing um, distributed networks of people. Mm -hmm. um, on, the cloud, on the crowdfunding feature in particular, um, I think the big difference is like all of those platforms expect you to have a bank account. Right, okay. And we don't. Yeah. Because we provide you with that fiscal sponsorship. Um, 
to do to create your collective. So you don't need a bank account. You don't need a legal entity. Mm-hmm. All of those platforms expect you to either use your personal bank account or to have a legal entity. Right. So that's the main one. And then the second one, I would say transparency. Yeah, how the money is spent. How the money is spent. Yeah. For us, that's key to what we do. And there's a third one, though, isn't there, um, which is recurring donations. Um, yeah, so well, Patreon does have recurring donations. They have that, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, because I've seen a couple of other open source projects. JUnit 5 was one. Um, they ran uh, a campaign on, on, on a different platform and a project called Code Mirror, mm-hmm. or Prose Mirror, I think, uh, did the same thing. And they got, I think, 50,000 euros or something mm-hmm. as a one-off uh, yeah. donation. Um, but, then, but then that was it, right? If they right. needed more money later... Um, Exactly. So the the idea of the recurring donations here is, um, and also the way we, so the first number that you see on your collective is your yearly budget based on on current um, donations. Um, That's because we want to give collectives a sense of organization. So you you know how much money you have for the you can plan ahead. You you know, you know you 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 become an organization with your own budget and your own ledger. Um, For us, that's that's something that. we think it's very important the sustainability of these organizations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, having that recurring donation for us is um, it's um, it's very important. Being able to spend that transparently and um, not needing to create an LLC to do it or use a personal bank account that's gonna kill your tax situation probably. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting, uh, really exciting journey for um, for Cucumber, I hope, um, and also for many other collectives and, and organisations and, and movements. Um, is there anything? Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners, Pia, before we uh, before we wrap this up? Um, no, essentially that if anyone, so it's open collective is um, open source, and uh, if anyone wants to, you know, look around and uh, help out. Um, we can use all the help we can get, obviously. Um, we we specifically would like, um, once we build the sort of a proper API to get people thinking about building products and, and plugins and services to and for the collectives. Um, and also ideas on how we can um, do a build a self-owned company. Um, we're going to be playing around with this idea of an open source token and how, what does it mean, what we could use it for, um, what's the incentive um, to use it, and etc. So, yeah, we're very open to, um, actually, we're actively seeking <laughs> people yeah. to have chats with about that. So just give us a shout out on Slack or Twitter or wherever. Okay. That sounds great. Um, and I, I just want to thank you again, uh, Pierre, for coming on the podcast and for uh, having created this very, very interesting uh, project. And I'm, I'm sure that is going to help a lot of people uh, achieve their goals that they wouldn't have been able to do without this. So thanks again and goodbye. We see you in a month or whenever we make the next podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>